Well, greetings, my friends. Welcome to Smoking and Toasting. It is show number 34, and my name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry, and it's good to see you again, my friend. It's good to see you. I like when we get ready for work. It involves, you know, making sure we have beer and liquor. (laughs) I often say, if I ever, I tell my wife this all the time, if I ever complain about my job, you have permission to This is not the worst job I've had. No, it's definitely not. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. It's episode number 34, the title for uh, this show. And one of the things we'll be talking about is how to smoke cigars without looking like a jerk. So that's this is I, important. I need to just know how to not look like a jerk. <laughs> well, the, the, I can only cover the time that you're smoking. I can't. I can't. Hand, I, can, you know, I can't. It's really, got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's right? right. Think of it as a as a seed, a place to start, a, a, an initiation. So uh, no, don't be a jerk when you smoke cigars. You you want to like you know be respectful of others and at, at least for a couple of moments. And then if they're still like rude about it, then you have my permission to just blow smoke in their face you know so i was at the uh houston livestock show and rodeo a couple weeks ago and uh we stopped and uh, we went to the wine garden and bought a bottle of wine and there's this it's like this crazy madness this carnival outside of the show and rodeo mm-hmm. you went to see zz top yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was good and um anyway uh so so we get our bottle of wine and we find this this little oasis where there's almost nobody and there's these picnic tables and we sit down at one and my wife asked me she goes are you gonna uh, are you going to have a cigar? And I and I just kind of casually turned around. I said, "Well, they're eating. I'm going to wait a couple minutes yeah. you know, until they're done." And I guess right. they overheard me, and they just actually moved to the other side of the courtyard. So no, nothing was actually said hmm. between. But I was like, "Okay, maybe they heard me." And they were like, "Okay, we'll let this guy smoke a cigar. We'll, well just move." You, then you got to wonder: Did they move because they were being considerate, so you could smoke, or did they move because? Even after they were finished eating, they didn't want to be anywhere close. It to It could have been a little of both, but either way, I thought I was being nice, and I thought they were yeah, being I, nice. Well, so I, I fired I think, up my cigar and had a good old time. I think that's the way to go. I generally will not light up a cigar, even if I'm outside in a place like that, if there are people right there. Right. I had know? I had enough I had enough uh, vicinity around me, the empty vicinity around me, and then uh, an older couple came and sat with us. Uh, because the place started filling up mm-hmm. while I was smoking a cigar, so I figured those people don't mind. You know, if you move into where the cigar is, you can't really complain about My that. My thoughts exactly. Right. If I'm smoking and then you arrive, it's on you, not <laughs> yeah, me. That's you know? right. That's right. And then this uh, this older couple came and sat down with us. They were from um, they were from uh, uh, West Texas, and uh, they came in for the livestock show and rodeo. And man, they were so fun. We sat and chatted. I, I even apologized to the guy. I said, "Usually, I have more cigars, but I just brought." The one tubo so that you know wouldn't get crushed in my pocket. So I'm sorry I'd share it with you. you know? Speaking of the uh, livestock show and rodeo, and we do a show here in Houston, uh, which is where Ian and I both live. Um, and of course, the show's heard everywhere. But we have a tendency, you know, we celebrate Texas Beer Month. In fact, we'll taste another Texas beer today in celebration of that, uh, which is the month of March. Uh, but we, I did, I didn't go to the livestock show and rodeo, although I have been. But Bobby, our producer, was talking to me before the show and said he had trouble. Bobby, uh, pop your mic on there. You, you had trouble finding a good beer at the uh, livestock show. Trouble. I had yeah. no luck at all. Yeah, just to, <laughs> to be serious. Yes, I found it um, disappointing and odd. Get to the livestock show and rodeo, and I'm thinking, okay, well, let's start this right. Let's get ourselves a you know a St. Arnold or a Carbach at least. No representation. Yes. Yes. Not for not for the Joe six packs of the world. Now I didn't go up to like the club level where the really cool people yeah, go. Yeah, they may on. have them there. You're sure, right. exactly. Yeah. But if you're out there and you're just showing up the rodeo, maybe you're from freaking Ohio and right. you're like, okay. There's no Texas beer represented out there at There's all. There's one. 
There's one. Oh, oh Shiner Bach. And that's okay because that's at least good. Yeah. Is and it's beer, the big yes. can too. So. Yeah, it is. It's the big honking thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I just, I just found it odd and, like I said, disappointing that yeah. there were no not Carbach or St. Arnold, at least. Yes. Well, absolutely. I would say, and I'm sure it's like this where you guys live, you guys listening, um, is that in most towns, especially large, large enough cities, you can at least find those one or two brands that are kind of ubiquitous almost everywhere. I mean, you can't go to a convenience store in Houston without seeing either Carbach or St. Arnold or both. Yes. Uh, I'm yes. in a uh, in a very heavily Hispanic neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the, uh, like Tecate and Dos mm-hmm. Quisas stuff are represented. But even in my little corner store, mm-hmm. you can at least find St. Arnold. Mm-hmm. St. Arnold. And St. Arnold and Carbach, by the way, are the focal point of a story that we're going to share with you on this uh, and, and again we live in houston these are our local breweries um saint arnold uh is, and Carbo- the the beer war is heating up yes and uh so we'll we'll talk to you about that one uh brewery accusing the other of uh, attempting to poach their employees Ooh. so it's it's you know it's a little behind the scenes but i thought you know for uh, especially for those uh, who listen who are from this area it'll be it'll be interesting for you to uh, to hear this so we'll share that with you um we'll talk about how not to be a jerk when you smoke cigars and we will um really i think taste some very very fine beers and uh, and spirits on today's show we tasted uh, just became available in our area we tasted on last week's show the bell um robust porter which i remember you really really liked Ian. i actually uh when i left the show last week i actually went directly downtown and bought a six pack of that <laughs> of the robust porter i knew you liked it and drank it well, well, the good news for you is that I brought I brought the beers this uh, this week, and I I brought several that I think you are likely to enjoy. Uh, I like it so, when you bring beers that you think mm-hmm. about me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's hard not to after we do the show. We talk about these things. <laughs> the first one I will admit you actually brought over to my house, uh, but it is another Bell's. It's the Bell's Oberon American Wheat Ale. So we'll be tasting that. So funny one about that, and I brought that so you could try it because mm-hmm. I've had that before, and I really like that Oberon. Um, and I don't really like wheat ales all that much. Yeah, see, I'm kind of in that same category. You know, I, it's not my favorite style. To me, of beer. yeah, it's like uh, it's just not really the flavor that I want when I want beer. It's not that it's bad. It's just not really what I want. But that particular one is so good. It's an mm-hmm. outstanding. Uh, 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 it's an outstanding model for you know wheat ale. The first time that we had Joey Porter from Specs mm-hmm. on the show. He brought us a really great beer from the brewery called Funkhouse. Don't know much about them. But the name is awesome. But the name is awesome, and the beer was amazing. I'm even trying to remember. It's been a number of shows ago. I'm not sure I even remember which one it is. Right. I just remember him telling it. I asked him, can we get this at the store? He's like, probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so it's really hard to find, at least in our area. Well, I was back in Specs a couple of weeks ago, actually buying some beers to bring in and taste on the show. And uh, Joey spotted me, and then after trying to pretend that he had not seen me and uh, hide behind a, uh, a, a big stack of, kiosk, of beer man. and stuff, when when finally it was impossible for him to pretend he hadn't seen me, then he started talking to me, and uh, I mentioned I was buying beers for the show. He disappeared, came back, and put into my hands a bomber. Uh, of Funkhouse Brett Smashy IPA. I love the name on that. Too. I don't know anything about it. Have not opened it. Have not. I just I put it in the refrigerator and brought it in for us to uh, sample today. And then one that I bought again, thinking of you, Ian. 
because this is your kind of thing. Although it did strike me as a little odd that it comes in a can and not in a bottle. Uh, but it is a brewery. It's it's our Texas beer for this uh, week, for the final week of uh, Texas Beer Month. Uh, it's a brewery collaboration from North Texas Brewing Company and Four Corners Brewing, both in the Dallas area. Uh, they have brewed a beer they call Vin Diesel, D-I-C-E-L, Vin Diesel, barrel-aged barley wine. I'm all about that. And so we uh, we will be sampling that today. Let's, let's talk well. about the fact that you were thinking about me when you we were buying beer. I like it when people think about me. So if we don't, if we can, can we just take a moment on the show and have everyone listening to it think about me? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I think people, I, I hope, will think about the whole show when they're buying beer because hopefully we've talked about something that that they'll be looking for or that sounded interesting to them. We try to you know, sample a variety of different things so people can find My brother like. cracked me up because he called me and uh, he called my older brother. He called me and said, um, what was the uh, 21-year-old with the rum finish that you uh, talked about on oh, the show? Oh, on the show, yes. <laughs> so I so said that was the that, right, that was the Glenfiddich. And uh, yes, it's about one hundred and seventy or one hundred and eighty dollars per bottle. So what you're telling me is your uh, brother listens to the show. Yes, that makes one, ladies and gentlemen. So let's uh, <laughs> one. <laughs> but I got two brothers, and one of them sometimes listens to the show. Okay, so, so that's like we'll one and a half. <laughs> See, I always hit the wrong button. You know, <laughs> I think that I was, was oddly I was, fitting. I thought it was like a happiness. It, it was a little happy face, like the theater. You know, the theater mask, right, right. happy face. So I thought it was some sort of happy face thing, but instead it was. Uh, yeah, so it was laughter. Laugh tracks. I wonder okay. what the sad face is, just out of curiosity. Oh, okay. Oh, well, it's good that. to know where that, that is. was on there. We may need that at a later point in the show. So, and there's also one that looks like a glass of wine. Let's just try that. Oh, that was you opening a beer is what that was. Yep. Uh, but here's the sound effect. I think oh, we've used that one It's before. a breaking glass sound yes. effect. Okay. This little sound effects machine is so ridiculous, and yet I can't stop playing with it. <laughs> uh, so, well, uh, so it's good to know that we have uh, two listeners, because you have two brothers, and it's good to know that uh, they do think about the show when That's they're buying true. spirits That's and true. beers. That's so, true. Yeah, I, uh, so I, I, directly, I directly... Uh, uh, Increase the volume of sales. Yes, yes, for the beers that we talk about, whether I buy them or my brother. I buys was going to say, if for no other reason than we often, both of us have a tendency <laughs> right. to leave the show and buy a six pack of That's something right. that directly, we talked about. <laughs> directly affecting sales at this point. Okay, we will. Uh, I'll ask you because uh, we're uh, short on time in this segment, but I'll ask you in the next segment about what you've uh, smoked this week, and I'll tell you about mine. Uh, we do have a, a rather uh, somber, sad moment, though. Uh, that we want to share on the show because Avo Uvesian uh, has died. Avo Uvesian is the he is the guy behind Avo Cigars. Mm-hmm. He's also an accomplished jazz musician who has a number of recordings, mm-hmm. and he was just like the he was that guy in the cigar industry that everybody loved. You know it, what I mean? He also had a series of cigars that were jazz. Yes. Yeah. He's he's always sort of brought the musical side into things uh, with the cigars, and he was 91 years old. He always wore that uh, that beautiful um, uh, what do you call it the Brioni suit the uh, the white suit with the white sort right. of uh, uh, hat. He he was just he was a he super defined that look classy I think, guy. You know? He did he absolutely did. So he's passed away. We'll take a moment to pay respects to him, and we'll tell you about the St. Arnold Carbach War heating up. 
and the Ultimate Spirits Challenge 2017 winners have been announced. So we'll share those with you. Some interesting nice. things in there. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting. It's craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. And I will say, by the way, the snare sound on that track is fantastic. It's pretty big. It's, it's just... It's got the perfect snare tone to it's, it. It's got that gated reverb on it. Too. Does anyone just... know what I'm talking about? Probably, <laughs> besides you, probably not. Uh, but uh, oh yeah, I'm sure there's a drummer in the in the audience. Somewhere. For all of you who don't know which drum the snare drum is, uh, in in a trap set or a drum yes. kit as mm-hmm. we call it, you have the bass drum which goes boom, and you have the snare drum which goes pop. Yes, boom, and pop. most rock and roll follows this uh, uh, this pattern. The basic boom, boom pop, boom yeah. pop, boom pop. Uh-huh. And uh, I think, by the way, we may have someone who would appreciate that because from what my stats are telling me, we actually have three listeners. We have your two brothers and some drummer. Nice. So, uh, so apparently, you know, we're, we're doing all right. We're, we're moving up in the world. Uh, it's smoking and toasting, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ian, speaking of cigars, did you smoke anything interesting this I week? I did. I did. Yeah? This is the point in time where I, I wish I had some like some light background music going on behind me so we'll, I could- We'll so have I could, some for you, Like, next. make this kind of a dreamy, you know- Oh, oh see, look at that. See, Bobby, Bobby Bobby scores. <laughs> the Don Pepin Garcia Wait a second. Series Hold on just a second. That's for Bobby finding the uh, appropriate music. <laughs> and also, I think I may have just messed up the mood. I apologize. Uh, Don Pepin let's, let's, Garcia. Let's this over. Everybody's serious face. The Don Pepin Garcia series, JJ. Um, so this is one that um, I, I, I split a box with a friend of mine, mm. and, and I hadn't tried it. Um, uh, so I got these, and I, I said last night, I said, I have to do some work. Yeah. Which means I, I must, I must get, I must have a cigar. Yes, and I must start. So I'm going to go. I, I keep forgetting. I have to take a picture of my notes because they look mm. pretty much yes. like like I can't even read them. You, you're, <laughs> I would say your ink was running out, but it looks like it was in pencil. It looks like your pencil was <laughs> running out by the end. Pencil was running out. Uh, it was actually oddly enough, it gets lighter at the end. I don't so know you that. had to do some work, which of course so I had to do some work. To. So I picked out this Don Pepin Garcia Series JJ, which was uh, really nice. It was a Corona size mm-hmm. and um so the i'll just run down what i uh, uh some of the stuff i wrote about it. the pre-light nose i just kind of smelled it you could smell it was very earthy traditional with some nutty kind of smells to mm-hmm. it it was nice it was good yeah. it was a good smelling cigar um the uh color of the wrapper is kind of a milk chocolate beautiful con- condition uh beautiful construction uh it was really really pretty wrap uh especially the end cap the end cap looked perfect on it sometimes they get them where they're almost Man, like seamless it was, it you was, know yeah it was beautiful it was beautiful and uh so anyway I, I use a punch like i almost always like when i when i light a cigar if i if i can get away with using a punch i do so i'll always punch a cigar first if it's tight for any reason then i'll clip it but uh, I used a punch on this, and the pre-light draw was almost effortless. Mm. Like it was, it was really nice. They um, do make great cigars. It had a lot of uh, uh, kind of light, toasty kind of flavors to it uh, with the pre-light draw. Once I lit it, um, it lit up really nicely. Uh, a lot of pepper right on the initial draw. Mm, a lot of pepper, a lot of toast. Like it was mm-hmm. crazy toasty. Crazy peppery, a little bit of nutty kind of flavors, and very traditional kind of cigar um, uh, flavors as well. Uh, the pepperiness went away within the first quarter inch, and and was just something in the background that added a little spice that was nice. Um, so the first third of this cigar was was really smooth, nice big smoke, nice full flavored. Uh, well, 
Yeah, I'd say it was probably a full, like like maybe on the high end of medium or the bottom end of full, but it was a nice, uh, nice full flavored cigar. Did it get stronger as it went though? Uh, actually, no. Yeah. It, it stayed level almost the entire cigar. Mm. Uh, it did change flavors a little bit towards the very end, which I really liked because it tasted great. Like I smoked it until it almost burned my fingers. Mm-hmm. So I got uh, about halfway through the first third of this cigar, and then I did my whiskey sniff. Ah, uh, yes, and we've talked about this. The whiskey sniff. In case you did not download the last show and listen, the whiskey sniff is where Ian will smoke about an inch or so of his cigar, and then will go open the tops of his scotches, smell them, and choose the one that seems to pair the best. Now, all this was happening while I have, I have a little Bluetooth earpiece, and I was talking mm-hmm. to my brother, uh, uh, my younger brother on the phone, and so I was going inside to do my whiskey sniff while I was talking to him and writing down all this stuff. And, and so I'm standing there doing my whiskey sniff. He goes, just how many scotches do you have in front of you right now? And so I counted. It was 16. Oh, wow. That's a lot of scotch. <laughs> that's a lot of scotch. That may so, be more than I have tequilas. <laughs> that's a, and I have a lot of tequilas. So. Well, a lot of them are down to the very small ends of the scotches, yes, too, yes. which is one of the ones I brought today. As a matter of fact, the one that I landed on was the Ben Riach Single Malt 15-year-old uh, Madeira wood finish. Which, coincidentally, is sitting right in front of you. Yes, and it was delicious. And uh, so I started smelling the scotch. And like one of the things I noticed immediately is if it was a real peaty scotch, it just didn't gel with the, with the cigar. This like Sometimes they smoke. do, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but not this one. So I skipped all my Lafregs. Like, the first mm-hmm. peaty one I smelled, I went, no, that doesn't work. So I skipped all my Lafregs. You can kind of start narrowing it down like that. But I kept coming back to this one, and it was, uh, it was a toss-up between this one and the Arbolor Abund, which is the cast strength, which is really nice. And... Um, this is the one I chose, and this one is a little bit fruity and delicious, and we'll talk about it later because we're going to drink the rest of this bottle. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I had that, and, uh, and and the cigar was just delicious with it. Uh, the second third of this cigar was a lot of toast. The pepper picked up a little bit, but it didn't make the cigar stronger. It just was more of the spicy Just gave flavor. it a little more spice. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and I started picking up some uh, kind of like vanilla and cinnamon, I think, probably mm. because I was uh, drinking the scotch with it, and it was really, really good. The third third of this cigar, I actually just wrote down here, whiskey plus cigar equals smiley face. <laughs> I think that may be the best cigar <laughs> review I've ever That's, heard. Ever. I don't of know if this time. camera's working, but I want to put that whiskey plus cigar that equals is, smiley honestly, face. Ian, one of the things that I love about doing this show with you is that every once in a while you just absolutely nail it. You nailed it with the phrase whiskey sniff. <laughs> Describing your uh, your thing, and you've just nailed it again with the greatest cigar review ever. That will that will never be topped. That will never be topped. I uh, love well, it. So uh, yeah, and the third third, I didn't even write anything else down because it didn't really change flavors that much. It was a great cigar. I smoked it until my fingers were burning. I loved it. So price to quality, what would you say? Price to quality, it's about uh, it's about I think about an eight to ten dollar cigar. Yeah. And I enjoyed it as much as I would have enjoyed probably a twelve to fifteen dollars cigar. That's so when you know you. Scored. I'm going to give it about a seven. That's you great. know it was a that's great really cigar. Great. The construction was great. I did have to relight it a couple times, but no penalty. Either. I will say too that Ian's probably more conservative in his cigar ratings than I am. Um, you know because I've I've just I, you just have a tendency to lean more towards the middle when you're giving your price to quality scores. Well, and the middle is a great cigar. The middle right. means it's worth exactly what you paid for it and and you know, hopefully that you know, that's exactly what you expected. So. Well, that's uh that sounds great. And I have had um those cigars before. Uh, Don Pepin Garcia is just I mean, I don't think I've ever had a cigar that he was involved with 
that wasn't exceptional. Yeah, I, I think I can back that up too. Kind of, kind of like, um, kind of the way you feel about um, about padrones. Yeah, you know, it's it's just got a certain level of quality yeah. if it's going to have the name. Well, uh, I had something pretty interesting uh, this week that I will tell you about. It was the aging room Solera Dominicana Sun Grown. Fantastico. That's a lot to say. I just like the name. Like immediately <laughs> when I found out that was the name, I was like, "Gotta have one." Also, this cigar uh, it had a pigtail cap, which I always find that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those because should you find yourself without a cutter, you can still manage to get the cigar yep. open and and uh, and smoke it. Uh, it had a long yellow band over most of the cigar, so you know how some cigars will have you know they'll have the band and then they have the long band that covers the, the rest sleeve, of the yeah, right. sleeve. Exactly. So it had that, and uh, it also, on the pre-light, had awesome, like, really tobacco-ish flavors. And right. sometimes that's my favorite kind of pre-light is when you just go, that and when it's, it's not, really yeah. chocolatey are the ones that I like right. the most on the pre-light. The wrapper, binder, and filler on this cigar are all Dominican tobacco. But this is a little stronger than most Dominicans uh, that I've had. Uh, light it up. It smokes great. It's got earthy ripe tobacco flavors. We talk about this like when we say tobacco flavor, like of course it's tobacco mm-hmm. flavors. But some cigars give off other flavors more than the sort of right. tobacco-y. That was the core of this with yes. that sort of tobacco-y smoke. And a lot of times those cigars, I will say, they're good, but I would rate them like middle of the pack because they're not more complex. This had the tobacco-y as sort of the center, and then it was very complex nice. around it. Uh, it uh, burned with a sort of an oaky, almost charred kind of uh, flavor to it, but very pleasant. And I, I know that isn't necessarily that, a pleasant that word. That actually sounds delicious. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, that was, The charred taste was kind of on the finish. A little hint of spiciness to keep it complex and interesting. Overall, really pleasant. Uh, different from most cigars. It's about a $7 cigar. I'd give it a 6 probably. Good. Price to quality. It was just, it was it was a little more than like just average good. It was, uh, it was quite good. And again, $7 cigar. Tough to go wrong in that price range if you know if the cigar is really good cigars have yeah. a real sweet spot i think between like six dollars and twelve dollars yep. you know i, I mean, would like, agree completely you can almost get almost anything in that price range is going to be at least a good cigar it may not be to your to your taste yeah you know, it may not be the flavor that you were looking for mm-hmm. but it's always almost always going to be a good cigar and interestingly i find that most of the cigars that you and i talk about on the show most of the ones that we review are actually ones from that general price right, range right. it is where i usually shop i do enjoy finding those you know three four five dollar cigars the that lawnmowers are, that are good uh and of course i love you know occasionally smoking one that costs more and and enjoying it for what it is but that's probably the sweet spot for me mm-hmm. is right around that you know six dollar seven dollar eight dollar um like you said up to 12 right and and then you start thinking of them as more like really super premiums yeah yeah and if it's and if it's i don't smoke many of the 18 plus dollar cigars but when i do man i'm expecting them to knock me yeah, out yeah they got to be you know, worth they, they got to be deliver. worth that and go beyond that for me to if get, I smoke, get a second if one if i smoke a 7 dollar cigar and it's just okay i'm not really disappointed yeah. you know as long as as long as it's not bad i had another uh, cigar this week which i think i'm actually going to talk about next week i'm going to try to actually get another one and smoke it because it was a more expensive cigar 
that I was a little disappointed in. Uh, so, but I'll say, you know what I want to do? I want to smoke another one of them. Give it a and second make chance. Sure, give it a second chance. So, all right. So coming up, we're uh, we're already running behind on the show, but that's okay because it just means we have to drink faster. Coming up, we will uh, uh, we will try these uh, Oberon American Wheat Ale from Bell's. That's in the next segment. Plus, uh, the St. Arnold Carbach War heats up. I'll tell you about it. I love swanky music. I really do. That is so awesome. Uh, it is smoking and toasting. Welcome back, my friends. We are so glad. What did you just show to the camera? This is a this is a credit card size bottle opener oh, that yes, I got and from you a buddy of mine for wallet. Christmas. Yeah, really easily. And That's so I actually great. keep it in my wallet. You know, and I'm figuring if I sharpen the corners, I could maybe use it as a shriuken. <laughs> You have to see the video okay. to get the visual on Okay, this. but that was awesome, too. See, there's several awesome moments on the, on the show uh, this week, uh, thank, courtesy of, of Ian Barry. That's good. Uh, so there's a uh, there's an interesting beer war going on in Houston, Texas. St. Arnold is Texas' oldest craft brewery. They've been around for quite some time. Uh, they have a strong following of beer-loving fans in uh, the Space City. And then Carbach has... The new kid on the block, I guess, only, what, three, four years old, uh, but has rocketed to, uh, you know, almost St. Arnold-type status in terms of their stance for craft beer in the market. Now, Carbach was recently purchased by Anheuser-Busch InBev, and so that's got some local bars saying, well, we're a craft beer bar, so they're not really a craft beer anymore because they're owned by a big, you know, a, a big beer conglomerate. So, uh, you know, it, there's, there's an interest. So fans of both beers are sort of at odds now, whereas they coexisted pretty peacefully before. <laughs> now it's like, okay, now it's getting down to the nitty gritty. And then this article uh, showed up in the Houston Chronicle this week. Uh, the owner of St. Arnold, uh, is calling Carbach out and their now parent company Anheuser-Busch for trying to poach their salespeople. I think they need to, to the owners. I think they need to have a rumble. Like, have you seen Anchorman? Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the greatest like quotable <laughs> movies of all time. You know, that, it was an oddly good movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, our, our interestingly enough, the article goes on to show a uh, an email. That apparently was received by several people at St. Arnold. Um, basically, it doesn't go so far as to say, hey, why don't you come to work for Carbock? But it's that if you know of anybody sort of approach. Uh. And so the uh, the owner of St. Arnold is is basically accusing Carbock of trying to poach their people. So I just see these beer wars heating up. And what's, what's really interesting is... Both of these breweries make some really, really yes. fine beer, yes. and I, I I love them both. So I hate to see it's it's kind of like when mom and dad are fighting, you know. It's got that it's <laughs> got that feeling about it, you know. It just uh, I'm like, come on, God, don't don't do that. But uh, but but I understand, like I understand where they're coming from. So we'll keep you posted on this uh, uh, Saint Arnold Carbach beer war. It's interesting. So, so I have an idea. Yes, let's drink a beer. Let's do that. Yes, it's been we're like halfway into the show and. That is the sound I was I was hoping for. So, uh, we're opening the uh, Bell's uh, Oberon, and uh, Ian, you know more about this beer than I do. So, why don't you uh, tell us about this? Well, we talked a little bit about Bell's uh, last week. It's uh, Comstock, Michigan. Uh, I know it because I have family up up north. And, and Comstock is close to what? Oh, um, let's ask Bobby about that because he. Uh, Comstock would be close think to he knows what, more. what more familiar Michigan city. I'm not sure exactly what city, but I know it snows there. 
I know. I know. If you talk <laughs> about you if you Thank talk you. about Michigan with anybody from Michigan, they hold up their hand. Yes. Because Michigan looks like a glove, They're shaped like a glove. Yeah, yes. And they, and they start pointing to different areas, so it's in some area in that. Well, you got your Lake yeah. Erie. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, I don't know a whole lot about Comstock, Michigan. Uh, I do know that they make good beer at Bell's. Um, that porter was fantastic last week. And this Oberon is one. I picked this up years ago when I went through the area, and uh, they had it in a mini keg, which, by oh. the way, mini kegs are awesome. Mini kegs are great. <laughs> so yes. That's a great thing. It like, fits in your shelf on your fridge. And it's beer on tap. It's just east of Kalamazoo. Oh, oh thank you. you. See, there's, what part, there's what a, part of the glove is a that? part of Michigan you're I've heard of. You're going to be on the, uh, well, from where you're sitting, it's going to be over on this side. It's going to be yeah, closer to the uh, Closer to the bottom side, of your west palm. Side, yeah, yeah. Closer to gotcha. the west side. Gotcha. Below yeah. the pinky okay, so finger. Like, yes. Like yeah, here, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Southeast of Grand Rapids. This, nice. Okay, uh, did we get that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Well, I will admit, beyond Detroit, Kalamazoo and what Grand Rapids. I don't know that much about Michigan, so right. right. Yeah, I have a guitar so, made in Kalamazoo. Yeah. Uh, this beer is described on the can as an American wheat ale with a spicy hop character, mildly fruity aromas, and the color and scent of a sunny afternoon. I can go with that. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is a, a, a rich straw color. We mentioned, by the way, earlier on the program that neither of us is a huge fan of wheat beer i mean i like it it's not it's my, favorite, not my favorite yes but there this... are a couple out there though that are just brilliant and this one this wheat beer is or wheat ale is fantastic well, i'm I picking like up this. a little honey on the nose there's yeah. a little bit of a little fruity flavors a little, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of good stuff going on in mm-hmm. here interesting that they get that much flavor into a wheat beer one of the things that i generally like less about wheat beer than some other styles is it has a tendency to taste more one note ish to me true true this is not I, that i way. will also give a shout out on, on the wheat or uh, lighter beer side too again not my favorite style but live oaks hefeweizen is mm-hmm. probably one of the best examples of and its, by the way so is the um, uh, so is the harpoon uh, ufo which is a heavy yes, item, yes, uh, yes, which is also very good. Um, this is delicious, though. It's got just enough sort of fruitiness mm-hmm. uh, and uh, honey vibe mm-hmm. to it to not come across. Uh, one of the things I don't like about some wheat beers is it does have a wheat kind of a taste in your mouth and a lingering kind and of ling- taste. Yeah, and I don't this, really get that. This with doesn't this. linger. It doesn't linger yeah. at all. It finishes crisp and smooth, and it's it's just a delicious beer. So uh, ever since I got that first mini keg. Anytime I go up there, I always pick up much of this. Now, I keep asking Bobby to come on the mic because uh, of a number of reasons, but one of them is you lived in Michigan. Yeah, Grand Rapids. And uh, this is something you were familiar with yes, this year, Yes, it was right? seasonal and very short was the season. It was just really, I mean, it would have hit the shelf in those mini kegs you talk about. Yeah. Definitely, man, in the grocery store, of Yeah, course. right off the grocery store shelf. Yeah, and of course, you can buy liquor in the grocery store in Michigan, which is, if you're from Texas, its own it kind of- It looks a little weird. You're, well, you think it could get swarmed by SWAT at the checkout. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but the Oberon, uh, they serve it with an orange slice up there, and and it's in the brief warm weather that you have, those come on the scene and they're gone very quickly, and you need to grab them while you can. As yeah. far as buying liquor at the grocery store, uh, there is no place better than Louisiana. In fact, in Louisiana, you can buy liquor at any store. You can go to a K and B Toys, and you're checking out, and they've got a rack of liquor behind the uh, checkout thing. I'm, the first I'm time, I'm only slightly exaggerating. It's crazy. You can buy liquor anywhere in uh, Louisiana. The first time I ever bought liquor 
by myself. It was in Louisiana because I had crossed the state line. I was on a bus. Uh-huh. We stopped at a convenience store, crossed the state line, and you only had to be 18. <laughs> and they had liquor in the counter at the convenience yeah. store. It was the weirdest thing I ever saw. It's, uh, yep. You stop at a stop and go or something, and boom, there it is. All right, hold on. We're going forward with the beer tasting. Okay, not much of a not, uh, much, not much of a carbonation uh, hiss effect. Uh, Ian just opened the uh, oh, but there it is. It's bubbling over a little bit. There That's a happy we go. Beer. Yep. Uh, Ian just opened the Brett Splashy Funkhouse IPA, and we tasted a Funkhouse beer on one of the very early shows. It was the show, the first show that Joey. Porter from Specs visited us, and that beer was just tremendous. I wish I remembered more about it. I'll have to look back yeah, at the show to, notes because I haven't been able to go buy any. Because he, he also brought a Funk Works too, right? Yes, that, I there believe was that's a right. Funk House and a Funk, funk House works. and a Funk Works. Because yeah, we had that saison uh, that they had. This is the Funk House. Funk House. Yes, yes not that works. Uh, so we'll pass uh, some cups of this around, and Joey assured me that I would like this. And just just so you know, we're not. Uh, we're not faking the drinking here. We actually no. are doing this. <laughs> That's I right. I want you to think that we're, you know, just phoning it in over here. Yeah, yeah. We we aren't smoking on the show unless we're in a place that right. allows us to do that. But we are definitely drinking. So wow, that smells interesting. That's got an interesting smell. Yeah. How would you describe that? I'm not sure what to call. Oh, there's that. a lot of fruit in there. I, I was. I, uh, this is stupid, but I was going to say prickly pear. Like, Maybe, like I don't yeah. know how to. I'm not sure what fruit that is. On the on the initial uh, on the initial taste, uh, this beer comes in a bomber, uh, and if you find it, buy it just because you can never find it. Apparently, this is uh, incredibly interesting. Wow, like, flavor wise, you know this. I don't even know how to describe what's happening. This here. beer almost makes me think: if somebody took my favorite beer and your favorite beer and mixed them together. That this is what it would taste like. Yeah, you know, it's got the characteristics of the sort of citrusy IPA, but then it has this that's under. A, that's a lot of citrus of um, and a of lot of malt. More like uh, the maltier, yeah, even more you... almost like a, a. I can see. I taste even like some barley wine kind of flavors. On the, on the I don't finish. know how you can get so much mm-hmm. hop and malt to come through this at the same time. This may be one of the most complex beers I've ever tasted. Now, I've had the, you know, the triple IPAs and the Imperials that just assault you with hops. This is not that. It it is very hop forward, but it's not mm-hmm. an assault of hops. It's not all hops and nothing else, which occasionally some of those beers are. And as much as I love IPAs, when they get like I don't drink many like Imperial IPAs because they're it's just sort of like hops and nothing else. It doesn't feel complex enough. This is about as complex as it gets. Yeah, I have to agree with that. This is this is one of the more complex IPAs I've ever even experienced. It's even hard to just describe. I almost wish that Joey had brought this with him when he was on the show because I would love to hear him. I have to try to describe it, this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's your job. So, <laughs> well, not yeah. I'm doing it like it is my job too. But uh, uh, but I really like every taste makes me want to taste it again. Yes, it's it's definitely a. Is there any more left in that bomber kind of? A and there's a little bit of hot bitterness on the very tail end, but it's also tempered by some of the warm kind of uh, malty flavor in it. It's, it's it says on this it's a single malt and single hop uh, IPA fermented with. There's Brita Moimises, a total unique Texas Funkhouse IPA. 
almost uh, uh, tangerine or something kind of flavor. Says here, pairs well with uh, <laughs> pairs well with trailheads and hero dirt, chill days, and disc golf. So that tells us, I mean, that's interesting. It just tells us nothing about it. It's part of the Brett <laughs> series from the Collective Brewing Project, and it's Funkhouse Funk IPA, and it's good. When we come back, how to smoke a cigar without looking like a jerk. And we're going to try Ian's whiskey here. Funky, funky. Welcome back. It's smoking and Toastin'. This is uh, episode number 34. Uh, my name is Cruz. My partner is Ian Barry, uh, our producer, Bobby Duncan. And this is the show where we, um, you know, we love to sample craft beers and we love to talk about uh, fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars. And the title of this week's show, and the thing that I want to share with you now, is an article that I located that I believe originated in Esquire magazine. And uh, the title is How to Smoke Cigars Without Looking Like a Jerk. All right. So, uh, so the first Lay it thing on is, me, man. yeah. And by the way, in the article, there's this great picture of Kramer from Seinfeld <laughs> smoking a cigar, and smoke is just everywhere. So, <laughs> so maybe that would be the first, uh, the first thing to do is like, uh, you know, don't don't like oversmoke the room if other people are in it. But uh, uh, no, the first first suggestion they give, and this is a little silly, but some of these you can take to heart. Yeah. Uh, the first uh, suggestion that they give is uh, unslick your hair. <laughs> I don't know why that made the list, but if they if you got your hair slicked back, I guess in a, a now wait a second, I just got a new dew. haircut and my yeah, hair is kind of slicked back. Well, but not like I don't think like they're talking about here. Oh, gotcha. I think they're talking about the uh, uh, what's his name on uh, American Psycho. That kind of look <laughs> uh, is right. what I think they're is what I think they're going for. Uh, no, the the real ones though are dress better. Uh, they say smoking a cigar in a suit is fine, a tuxedo perhaps, a white leisure suit with a mostly unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt underneath, not so much. So they're talking about if you want to like, and this is about smoking in public. This is not about like in your backyard. Okay, I jack that one up all the time. Yeah, I know. It's all right. It's all right. This is this is for us to learn. Because a lot grow. of times I'm shorts and t-shirt. Yeah, well, and that's, and that's fine. And this is Texas. But, this is Texas. Now, it's not quite Austin, but flip-flops are quite acceptable in most it, situations. It does depend where you are. If True. you're in a nice cigar bar, that wouldn't be like... No, I wouldn't go to a nice cigar yeah. bar dressed like that. Okay. Uh, the next one they say is don't court attention. Try not to draw attention to yourself. This, of course, can be difficult when you're smoking a cigar, since cigars put out you know 10 times more smoke okay, than I, a cigarette. I want to pause you on that one. Who lights a cigar and tries to draw attention to themselves? Well, a jerk would, because the, <laughs> the whole thing about this is how does... That's a, Smoke cigars without looking like a jerk. I guess that's such an obvious answer. How did I not see it? Okay, do you remember the cigar boom of the late 90s? Um, you know, I was kind of oblivious to it, actually, because yeah. I didn't start smoking cigars until um, the mid-2000s. So I was, I was around and smoking cigars back during that time. And I will tell you that there were a lot of people that I would run into someplace smoking a cigar that could use the don't court attention uh, you know, suggestion. Are these the obvious look at the my cigar? Yeah, band look at me and people? look at my cigar. Yeah, yeah. Those gotcha. are the, you know, maybe not as much now, these days, but but again, this is how to smoke cigars okay, without now looking I like a jerk. I have a few times. Like I found a, a nine inch cigar one day over at McCoy's actually, <laughs> and brought that to my brew club meeting because it was so obnoxious. I just had to. So maybe I am a little bit. Well, that's when you're doing it on purpose, though. That's different. You know, <laughs> it was funny to me. 
so that leads us right to the next suggestion, which is lose the pretension. Ah, yeah. If if you smoking a cigar is all about trying to be pretentious and call attention to yourself, that that's not really smoking a cigar. That's like using it as a prop. I think you can kind of see it though. You either own it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like some people are just smoking a cigar, but some people smoke cigars. Mm-hmm. You know. By the way, if you are a woman. None of these apply. Just keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, keep to yourself is the next one. If somebody's offended by you smoking your cigar and you light one up anyway, then you're just being an ass. The smoke becomes about spite rather than enjoyment. The whole time you're smoking, you're thinking, I'll show them, rather than kicking back and relaxing Here's a and enjoying basic the cigar. Truth. So we talked about this. Even an awesome cigar still smells like a cigar. That's don't right. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Know? And to those who don't smoke, it... It isn't as pleasant as it might be to people who smoke or who are used to it. Now, that said, we talked about this earlier. I will not go into a place, even if it's an outdoor area, I will not go sit next to someone who's not smoking, you know, really close to them and light up. I I just won't do that. I I always try to be respectful of what they're doing. If they're having a cigarette, though, I don't care. Like, I'll I'll light right up. Oh, and I've also, you know, sat outside and gone, hey, do you guys mind? Which is fine. And I've got positive and negative answers from that. That's okay. I'll find Uh, another place. Absolutely. But I will say this. If I go to an area and there's not that many people around and I'm sitting there essentially by myself and I've already lit my cigar and I'm smoking, and you come and sit down next to me and you have a problem with it, that is on you. Yeah, that's not my problem. Not on me. That's not my problem. That's an uh, SEP. That's a someone else's problem. That's exactly right. Uh, Revel in the fact is the next one. Revel in the fact that you're a cigar-loving person, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is something that Arnold Schwarzenegger once said to Jimmy Fallon. He said, when smoking a cigar, try to be cool. You put the cigar in your mouth, and you start lighting it. Then you turn it slowly, checking things out. In other words, enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. That's not about being a jerk and blowing smoke on people. There's a whole ceremony to it. Yes. There's a whole ceremony to it. Lighting a cigar is its own ceremony. It's a beautiful thing. I love that. Uh, yeah. They also say keep it to your selfie. Now, I don't know if I agree with this one or not, but let me read you what it says. It says check the Instagram hashtag cigar selfie, and it's like turning the pages of a jerk of the day tear off desk calendar. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, John uh, Pulo, a famous smoke shop and online cigar store, says stop selfie smoking. I don't need to see you posing with your Liga Pravada number nine, six ways from Sunday. Now, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. I like, I have several, you know, big cigar friends on, uh, like on Facebook, and I like when I see them post pictures of their cigars. Me and, and friends and actually text back and forth pictures. Like, if I'm sitting on having a cigar, I have a couple cigar friends that I'll just text them a picture of the cigar. Well, uh, you and, you do this to me all the time. You, yes. you text me photos of your cigar or of a bottle of scotch, and I tell my wine, uh, my wife, Ian's texting me porn again. Yes. You know? <laughs> because that's, that's really what it's like. You know, it's cigar porn. Uh, the last one is lose the ceremony. Of course, when it's all said what? and done- uh, you're just smoking, not curing AIDS and Ebola and cancer like Kim Jong-un just did. Uh, Richard Carlton Hacker, who's the best-selling author of The Ultimate Cigar Book, recently released a uh, fourth edition, and he stated, When smoking a cigar in public, assume an air of sophistication. Occasionally hold it out in front of you and gaze longingly at it as if it were a beautiful woman. While watching the smoke curl up from the ash, it will make those non-smokers around you wonder what you're up to and what they're missing. Now, to me, that sounds like ceremony, and that also 
kind of sounds like being a cigar jerk. But maybe that's just me. Like, well, okay, so remember describe? when we did like, the pipe one hundred and one? Yes. And I mentioned how you use that pipe when when you just want to uh, look like you're about to say something, but oh, then you don't, and you point the pipe, right. yes. or you can point with the pipe. Yes, yes. I mean that that that's all good stuff. I'm that okay is, with that. that. If that good. makes me look like a jerk, then I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'm, I'm uh, not going to lose the ceremony. I love lighting a cigar. I like the whole ritual of it. That yes. was the right word for it. For it. Uh, uh, I like the whole ritual of the lighting the cigar and, and you know smoking what? the cigar. I just have no problem with the cigar selfies thing either, I have to say. If you want to post a picture, now maybe if you're posting 48 pictures a day of you in a cigar, that, that could be over. A uh, cigar yeah, selfie yeah, is, right, is But not a, a cigar thing. selfie is a nice thing. And I think we're going to start sharing some of those on the Facebook page. So if you want to post your cigar selfie on our Facebook page, uh, it's facebook.com slash in toastin the letter n the letter n let's, all one word smoking and toastin let's do some scotch ooh that was a good one i like that oh yes see that's that's got that bottle sound there's that's, a certain that's got that i'm almost down to the bottom of the yes, bottle yes it's a certain sound that, that really 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 makes it work right, i'm going to try um, and split this evenly three ways all right so while you're ton. while you're pouring in the uh, describe hold on, hold on a second, hold on describe a this scotch oh we yeah you might be running a little low on you may need to even out that's all right that's all right yeah, I, I, I drank some of this last night. This was my whiskey sniff scotch. <laughs> now, tell, tell us about this scotch again. Um, well, this is the the Benriac, uh, 15-year-old. Uh, it's their, part of their wood finish series that they did. This is the Madeira. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce that. If I got I that wrong, right, yeah. somebody uh, email me or whatever. But uh, this is the Madeira finish, and that is the end of the bottle, and it's a pretty uh, bottle. We too. just killed it, yes. But it comes in a nice big tube too. Looks great. Well, I think this is uh, I, I, just from smelling it. This is my kind of scotch. There's a it's little more, bit of there's a this is a uh, this is a Highland, so there's a little bit of smoke to it. Um, uh, there's a little. Yeah, there's a little bit of smoke to it. There's a lot of fruit in this scotch. That's delicious. There's a lot of fruit in this. That's scotch. delicious. Yeah, I like the, I like the scotches personally. I'm less about the peatier ones, more about the ones that are fruitier and more vanilla and yeah, this oak. There's you know? a lot of vanilla in this. There's a lot of oak. There's mm-hmm. a lot of that uh, Madeira finish in it. Um, and then there's the the, the fruitiness of it. Like uh, I was reading online that says a uh, watermelon. And a few other things, and I'm not sure about the watermelon, but maybe I need to open it up with a little water. Where's my water? Oh, well, we do go. have some water, and we can do that. Um, I'm gonna open that up just a touch. I'll let you put a dab in mine too. Let's try All that. Right. I I still remember when you and I were at that uh, cigar, uh, that, that uh, whiskey event at the B and B, and they gave us that 30 year old. Uh, uh, it was Balvini, wasn't it? Yes, it was uh, the Balvini 30 year old. 30 year old Balvini, which is like outrageously expensive, but we got to taste it. Yeah, and like prohibitively. The expensive. way that it changed with a little bit of water and then with a little bit more water, it was like drinking three completely different. It was, it was pretty uh, amazing. Because yeah. I like, well, so I got in the habit of now I try it neat, no water whatsoever. Then mm-hmm. I always add a little water and try it. And if it's really amazing right there, I'll stop there. But every once in a while, I'll add even more. Uh, um, John Wingo from Balvenie was was puts an alarming amount of water in his mm-hmm. scotch. Yeah, he you know? really like, does, doesn't is, he? This is how we do it. Well, I will tell you, the water that you just added to this one, and I just tasted, it completely mellowed this out. It doesn't have quite the punch that it has. There's a lot of banana but, in there right uh, But now. I'm getting more flavor, yes. More fruit, yeah. Absolutely, more fruit. Banana for sure, and now we're adding a little bit more water because Ian knows what he's doing here. Uh, 
So we're going to open that oh, up even wow. a little more. Even on the nose, the banana is so much stronger now. Yeah, we have tropical fruit kind of things going on mm-hmm. in this now. Oh, yeah. I'm being transported to a tropical island even as we That's, speak. The whiskey sniff led me to that one last oh, night. Oh, man. This would be so good with an Ashton VSG right now. Oh. I love those. All right. So we will be back. We have uh, one more beer to taste, and it's the Vin Diesel Barley Wine. So that's coming up and a couple of other things. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have time for the Mumford & Sons IPA. We'll get to it. On the beach in Hawaii. Or Mexico. Sorry, I'm still, I'm still. Or Galveston, a, you know. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, whatever. Yes. I'll, <laughs> I'll take, take a beach anywhere only, we go. The only difference is Galveston. There's more mosquitoes. Other than that, you know. And by the way, I don't know if you know about this, but when you're visiting Galveston, uh, any medical waste that washes up on the shore is yours to keep. I love beaches. So, <laughs> so I do too. Actually, I do love Galveston. I, I, I uh, spent almost a uh, month uh, there last year, and I yeah, loved it. Nice, absolutely loved it. So, yeah, we came and visited you then. That yes, was it was wonderful. We sat outside, smoked cigars. We went to the beer uh, uh, festival that happens down there. That's awesome. We might have to do that again this year. I like that idea. Uh, the uh, 2017 Ultimate Spirits Challenge results are in for rum, tequila, whiskey, vodka, and more. I thought I would share with you some of the uh, winners <clears throat> in the tequila category. Had to be 100% agave. Uh, the Blanco tequila that was named the winner was Tequila Cabeza. I have not had that. The Reposado was Partida. I have not had that. Uh, the Añejo was Blue Nectar Founders Blend. I have had that, and it's very good, and we should totally get some of that and have it on the show. Oh, my God, it's good. Uh, the Extra Añejo was the El Tesoro Paradiso, so I haven't had that either. The Canadian Whiskey was Lot 40 Canadian Rye, and the uh, Irish Whiskey was, uh, the Blended Whiskey was Jameson 18-Year-Old uh, that won the award for this. So I'll give you a few other uh, whiskey things here. Uh, from the USA, the American whiskey that won was Wild Turkey Forgiven. Have you ever heard of that? No, I've never heard now, of that. Now, when I think of Wild Turkey, I don't think of award-winning whiskey. They made a... So, um, I uh, tried years ago. They had a Wild Turkey... I don't remember. It was one of their aged Wild Turkeys or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I'm going to get into a little story here that probably doesn't go anywhere. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I do that from time to time, if you know me. Um, but... <laughs> no, I'm self-aware. I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with the fact that my stories don't go anywhere. <laughs> I like to drag people That's along good. with me too, and they're just That's standing good. at the end of it going, "What?" But this is a wild um, turkey. Story. But this so is a wild turkey story. So it could we be had a, we had a little bit of a family uh, uh, tradition on Christmas Eve. Is uh, we all go to Manland, me and my brothers and my dad, and the Manland consisted of the garage. Oh. And, uh, so I thought it was a gay bar when you <laughs> described it. I thought it was like, it sounds like fun. Maybe there was like great, great no, dancing. No, 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 you no, may no, have enjoyed it. You know, different family, different family. Yeah, I got it. Um, no, we go to we go to Manland, which consisted of the garage, and we'd all sit out there and we'd end up drinking. Yeah, and 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 then just feeling really bad on Christmas morning. But that's okay. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Santa, we, you we bonded at least guess. once a year over drinks, and Wild Turkey for some reason always ended up showing up at some point. But we had one that was uh, one of the uh, one of the nicer ones, I guess. Was Wild Turkey made a series that was I can't remember if it was more aged or more, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. it was, Barrel Select or something like that. 
But so that's the only one I've tried. I haven't tried that. I've never heard. Well, of I it. will be tracking down some wild turkey for Given for us to try on that the show. That sounds interesting. It won an award. It won the uh, 2017 uh, award from the, um, I'm sorry, the Ultimate Spirits Challenge. Think of all the whiskeys that it had to defeat to win that. Got to try it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, the Colonel E. H. Taylor Small Batch won. Uh, Hudson Manhattan Rye won the Rye category, and McCarthy's Oregon Three Year Old. Won the single malt category. Have you had any of those? I haven't had any of them. So these are all things that will go on the list first. Apparently I'm ahead of you on whiskey because you've tried one of the tequilas. I've tried three of the whiskeys you've mentioned. Oh, you have tried three of these, really? Three of the whiskeys you've mentioned so Which far. ones? Not okay, the wild so, turkey. So back up. There were two of the uh, Canadian ones you said. Oh, yes. That's right. Uh, the uh, Lot 40 Canadian rye. I've tried that. Okay. How is that? That was nice. It was a good whiskey. Okay. All right. Um, and then the, uh, there was another one you said, and then the uh, Hudson you said earlier. Yeah, the Hudson uh, Manhattan Rye. You've yeah. had that? Okay. Uh, have you ever had uh, Paul John Peated Select Cast Indian Single Malt? I have never heard those, sim- those syllables the, ever put together before. That won the whiskey slash world category. Wow. Yeah, so very interesting. Uh, vodka, the uh, flavored vodka that won was the Van Gogh Dutch Caramel. Never had that. And the unflavored was Purity Vodka. I've never had that. I've never heard of that. Yeah, this is all kind of new to me. So a lot of very interesting uh, things here. Oh, let me pass along the rum. I have had some of the rum. Uh, The Appleton Estate 21-year-old. Oh, dude. (laughs) Did we try that at some point? No, I don't think we have. I don't think we've tried it on the show. I think maybe you've talked about it. Yeah. The Clement VSOP uh, rum. uh, It's the medium rum category. I'm never good with with pronouncing that word. And the spiced rum. And this is interesting because I do really like spiced rum. But most of the spiced rums I like are the more, like, sort of normal consumer things like the Kraken and the... uh, um, you know, Captain Morgan's and and uh, Sailor Jerry's and those. I enjoy those. But the Don Q Oak Barrel Spiced Rum won the spiced category. That sounds so interesting. I would really like to try that. Really like to try that. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, those are just some of the winners, and I thought you'd enjoy uh, hearing about those. So you've tried uh, – I can't believe how many of those whiskeys you've tried. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, and, and it's further enhanced by the fact that I'm still sipping on the whiskey you will that not, you brought today, and it's fantastic. You will not get good at drinking unless you practice. <laughs> and you can't drink all day unless you start early. So <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I got that from you. That was the uh, – that was the thing. So for the final one, Ian, I actually bought this uh, a few weeks ago, and it's been sitting in my refrigerator uh, uh, waiting for me to be able to bring it in and have uh, us sample it on the show. I've not tried it. But this again, this is when I was shopping for beer and thinking of you because this is a barley wine, but it comes in a can, and it's a collaboration between two Texas breweries. I have never seen a barley wine in a can in I haven't life. either. This was the first thing. And not only is it in a can, but it has a picture of a can, like an oil can, on it that has the word diesel on it, D-I-C-E-L, and the name of the beer is Vin Diesel Barley is Wine. Barrel-aged barley barrel wine. Aged barley French wine. oak barrels fuel a powerful and complex nose of citrus, stone fruit. I don't even know what stone fruit is. I don't know, but it sounds uh, good. And white wine tannins in this intense barley wine. I'm sorry. Let's, well, let's, just, let's, let's just try, try this bad boy. Now, see, that almost sounded more like you were opening a Budweiser than a barley <laughs> wine. You know what I mean? Like it had that just sort of like crisp that lager crispy, yeah, right, sort right. of sound. You so know? this this uh, uh, 
beer opener that I have here, mm-hmm. uh, the credit card style beer opener, I just noticed was made by a company called Open Beer Season. <laughs> For those of you who aren't hunters, open season, of course, is when yes. hunting season is. Uh, so this is open beer season. So this the first looks thing like a barley notice, wine. Yeah, the, I was going to say the first thing I Look will notice viscous as you too. pour it is it definitely looks like a barley wine. It is viscous. It's. it's I don't know if I've ever even thick. seen a barley wine that doesn't come in one of those dark dark bottles. You know, true. Usually in a bomber. Usually, I mean, you can get some. Like I always buy the uh, uh, Dogfish Head Immort Ale whenever it comes mm-hmm, out seasonally, mm-hmm. which is delicious barley wine. Delicious. Um, and uh, and it, it you know comes in a four pack of a, of a twelve uh, eleven and a half or twelve ounce uh, well, bottle. This particular barley wine is a collaboration between Ooh, two breweries: good. the North Texas Brewing Company from Grapevine, Texas, and uh, the Four Compass Brewing Company, mm, the, also the, from the Dallas the area. The malt and uh, and and date and raisiny kind of smell that comes from this is just love it. Uh, yeah, it definitely has. That's sort of the first thing that that I uh, sort of detect from the barley wines that we've tasted on the show is a not only a raisiny, but yeah, a, very almost much. Like, almost like you know those yellow raisins. It makes me think of those. Like they're a little bit like sweeter and a little. Oh, this is the drum roll for what? Your pronouncement on the barley this wine. This is delicious. Oh, really? Out of a can and everything, and it's even called like. You know, when I think of barley wine, I think of things with old English names and and you know very sort of like uh, flowery language written about what they're all about. And this is called Vin Diesel. <laughs> like you almost want to chew on this a little bit. Mm, 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 like this is a thick liquid too. It's this mm. is. <laughs> Let me read you what it says on the. Wow, I just said, did just did my first taste. Wow. Uh, it's 11% ABV, by the way. Oh, yeah. 11. Uh, here's what it says on the can. Vin Diesel barrel-aged barley wine. It says, French oak barrels fuel a powerful and complex nose of citrus, stone fruit, and white wine tannins in this intense barley wine. Sparking the palate are bursts of fruit and generous layers of malt sweetness. A pleasant taste of hops and lively oak provides balance, while 11% ABV Ignites a divine sensation of warmth. They pretty much like just there, covered all the bases. They are, there is, in there's that. actually like it's 11 percent, and uh, it's not masking it. It's there's a little heat to it. Yeah, like, oh, you can tell. You're, you're absolutely right. You're you can tell, right. but in a really good way. You know, mm. it's 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 delicious, and um, I like what they say about the uh, about the hops and lively oak because the the hops and lively oak give it a crispness. That don't leave it. That doesn't leave it feeling too sticky, too sweet. You know, so I even though just, it is a very sweet beer too. I will just mention that I bought this at Spec, so I think you can find this in the Texas area at least, at any uh, place that's you know it's pretty good about carrying, carrying Texas brewery uh, beers. And I have had other uh, beers before from North Texas Brewing Company. Yes, but um, wow, this brewery collaboration! It's a winter 2016 limited release. So it might be getting scarce on I the shelves. I may have to go buy a case of that. Might be getting scarce on the shelves. You might want to hurry. Good. Between that and uh, the uh, Immortale. Yeah, well, the Immortale was, uh, wow. I'm going to hit this button because I like the sound. 
See, this is what happens when you get down to like a minute left on the show. You can just hit the button because you like the sound. That that absolutely works. Okay, so um, really quick, we want to send people to our Facebook page because we had to redo it because of the whole renaming of the show. And it's up and running. And Ian, to get to the Facebook page, you would go to Facebook.com slash... At Smoking and Toasting. No, it's not at. No, it's not at slash Smoking and Toasting. Smoking... The with no G's, smoking the letter N, toasting all one word. They won't let us use ampersands in there. Yeah, and we would really encourage you to do that because we lost all of our uh, friends that we had on the sip, smoke, and savor page because that page had to be deleted because well, it's a long story. Long story. Long story. It's very petty and it's very long, and you know we'll just stay away from it altogether. Oh crap! We have run out of time, and we're not able to sample the Mumford and Sons IPA, so we're going to have to try to do that. Um, I feel like Bobby doesn't want us to sample it because he's always running us out. I feel like he probably does. He starts the music, and we have to say aloha. Thank you guys so much for listening to show number 34. So much we didn't get to, so we'll pack it into next week's show with more smoking and more toasting. Have a great weekend. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.